handle the truth. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to another great episode of Thursday Night Get Right. How's everybody doing tonight? I pray that everybody is blessed and well. As always, my co-host, Mr. Demetrius Knuckleseal, is with us tonight. And of course, he's on the move, the busy, busy man. But he blessed us with, with uh, making sure that he's here tonight. So that I want to thank you, Mr. Demetrius, for coming on. And we've got a, an important discussion tonight, man, one that you've already been having. That's right. That's right. So as you said, it's good afternoon. It's a great afternoon because I'm living, I'm breathing, I'm still believing and achieving. So, uh, you know, and I apologize for, uh, I got to be on the move right now because I'm just not the only work I do. I do other work as well. Although this is my pride and joy, this type of work, community activism. But, uh, so I do apologize, but, uh, and we hope that everyone is doing well and those who are under the weather, we pray for you and your family members and friends. And uh, we're about to have a great show, man, because this is a great discussion. Because although this discussion involves one state, the trend that history shows is that it goes from one state to another state. So we might just be next or, or where Thomas might, where he at might be next. But it's going to have a trickle down effect because that's the nature of law. Amen. No question. So. Um, yeah, many blessings out to those. Um, before we get started, we're going to update a couple things. But first, you know, please visit www.cominghomecoalition.com. Make sure that you register for our upcoming raffle that's coming up March 25th. We got low, slow, slow people, man. Come on, let's go. You know, got a couple people in there. These are free Tampa Bay Rays baseball tickets, as you can see behind me. If we get enough supporters, we're going to start throwing in extra packages on top of that, man. We got donations on top of donations to give out for people. It's it's free to play. All you need to do is just go to cominghomecoalition.com, sign up, and if you're able, donate a little because it's it's for it's for Eddie Eddie's cause, Project Start Fresh, um, and and that's what we do is we raffle off prizes each quarter to uh, to help one homeless person become self-sufficient and, and Eddie's doing a great job with that. So uh, with that, um, I'll let Demetrius plug and then we will get started. All right, y'all, you know, we got a plug coming home coalition. We got a plug uh, other ground troops and ground organizations uh, such as Michigan Liberation, the Great Minds Project 5.0, Good Heart Youth, the Great Minds Project, uh, uh, Nation Outside and so many other Michigan organizations that I I am in coalition with and so many other organizations that I would like to uh, be in coalition with here, there, and everywhere. Back to you, bro. So some of the good news, 88.5, um, man, it's a, it's a local radio station, WNMNF, here in the Tampa Bay area. It's been, a, you know, it's it's a staple in the community since the late 70s and uh man they really they really dig dig our show man so it looks like everything is a go and we will be um man we'll be broadcasting on the radio in tampa bay man that's a great thing man uh i'm working on something in michigan that's a great thing man that that someone would even take note of us 
you know, let alone take note of us and offer us an opportunity. So we grateful for that, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So tonight's discussion, the 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 repeal of D.C.'s criminal code bill, I believe the vote was 84 to 14. Um, turning down yeah. this this criminal code. Now, what this criminal code would have established uh, Bill 24-416, the Revised Criminal Code Act of 2022, would have uh, established defenses, including self-defense, defense of others, defense of property, execution of public duty, exercise of parental duty of care, duress, entrapment, and excusing mental disability. Wow standardized penalty classifications with nine felony classes and five misdemeanor classes would have updated penalty enhancements, eliminated mandatory and statutory minimum sentences, expands a, de a defendant's right to a jury trial for misdemeanor cases carrying jail time beginning in fiscal year 2027, it would have updated second look eligibility to include individuals who committed a crime when they were over 25 years of age, provided they have completed at least 20 years of their sentence. It eliminated juvenile delinquency proceedings for offenses committed by children under 12, raises the dollar value threshold for felony grades of most property offenses from 1,000 to 5,000, decriminalizes certain offenses including possession of drug paraphernalia panhandling and illegal vending and specifies the maximum imprisonment penalties authorized for any offense and eliminates the life without release penalty this bill had an applicability date of october 1st 2025. so what are some of the discussions that you have with about this here uh we in Michigan, we talk about this because we're going right now. We're going through the phase of uh, you have people like I got out. I'm a juvenile lifer. I got out under the juvenile lifer law to where they said that if you're 18 and under and you and you receive the life without parole sentence, then you have to be taken back to court. They have to consider your uh, your upbringing and stuff like that. So we went from that to now they raised the age from 18 to 19. So now we have those guys and we have the guys who have second degree murder who was 19 and under when they committed their crime and they got life or they got life with parole. So, so many different laws are changing in Michigan. And now we're, we're going after the bail system. Uh, we're going after the felony murder, uh, felony murder penal code. And a lot of things are just falling and looking to fall in our favor. So this is why I opened up with saying that, excuse me for going into the darkness, the darkness. Mm. This is why I opened up with saying that, you know, we have to be mindful and learn from these things because the trickle down effect is real. You know what I'm saying? The trickle down effect is real, just like it's going on there in Washington and and it's something going on in California as well. I can't remember. But this stuff is real, man. Well, so this is essentially... 
for so long with us. That has been the topic of our discussion. This is this is uh this is essentially the same thing that they did in in Illinois, right in Chicago. Yep. And and what? How's that coming out so far? We're we're what three months into that now. They started that in January. And and it's looking very good because they, I mean, the prosecutors is 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 really who I talk about when I say they. Mm. It's about the government, the prosecutors. They have held true. To what they've said so far about uh, rescinding, uh, rescinding uh, certain laws and things, and relaxing certain laws and things when it comes to uh, citizens, they have held true to it. So, you know, we we appreciate it because it offers the opportunity of freedom and equal rights to so many people that otherwise wouldn't get nothing. So, you know. We appreciate it. But there's no, there's, I mean, there's no excessive uh, murder, mayhem, people being raped and pillaged all over the place. And I mean, Chicago's a bad place. And we, we already had, you know, an access of this as well, right? But I mean, is, is, are we seeing anything uh, more drastic because of this? In, in Michigan, in Michigan, everything is drastic because we looking at we want we we has we have one of the highest rates of uh, juvenile lifers in the world. You know, we have more juvenile lifers in Michigan than in some third world countries altogether. So when we look at changing the law and penal codes and stuff like that, we look at everything being drastic because if you don't look at everything being life and death then this means you kind of miss the picture you miss the point so everything is drastic everything is considered drastic when it comes to the life or death of people who's facing criminal charges who have criminal convictions everything is life and death man well, I mean, that's essentially that's what life is. And if, if people aren't playing that type of game, then what, what, what kind of game are you playing? Because that's it took me a long time to understand that. You know, I, I really thought this was this was a game. But, you know, life life will eventually show you that that it's it's not to be played with. It's to be respected, understood and and uh, maneuvered, you know. That's right. But um. With this here, uh, you know, I'm an advocate for the no bail system because I understand what that is. I, I understand the, the fear mongering that goes behind it because, again, my message to the people is you have to understand where the fear mongering is coming from. Crime right. is necessary. Crime is necessary. When these, when these people... As, as Demetrius laid out who these people are, the prosecutors and, and your judges and your sheriffs and, and all of these vocal vocalists that are coming out speaking against this, this bill, right? The reason why they're speaking out against it is because they need crime. They have to have crime because right. crime is what is sending their children to college. Crime is what is sending their, their children to Harvard and Yale. Crime is what is allowing these individuals to sit up on a bench with a black robe and rule over people. 
attorneys need crime. I mean, crime feeds a lot of a lot of people. So we're not talking about getting rid of crime. But, you know, that's 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 um that's not a that's not a discussion point. Right. Anytime that we we get into the room and talk about eliminating crime, um, that's that's a no, no. Eliminating crime in the fashion of term limits for all of these representatives, right? Um, contracted contracted term limits for them. Uh, uh, you know, uh, prosecutorial misconduct, let's say. So if a prosecutor puts 15 charges on me to run my bail up to an exorbitant amount that I can't get out on and to try right. to extort me into a plea, if I'm found not guilty of these charges that this prosecutor put me out, I should now be able to turn around and recoup some of the expense that I had to put out to prove that not guilt, right? I, it shouldn't be that this prosecutor just gets to move on to the next case. Meanwhile, it takes me 20 years to rebuild what this prosecutor put out there, right? That's, that's completely unjust and unfair. And, and, and in some sense, like you say, life or death, it's, it's a death sentence whether I'm convicted or not. And you know... That's something that we're fighting against right now in Michigan because we're saying that when you defame someone's character, now, for example, although many of these guys in Michigan, it's been around the United States, but I'm speaking to Michigan in specifically because I know these guys. So when these guys are exonerated of their crimes after all of these years, they still can't get jobs. Because the stigma has attached now. They still can't get jobs. So now they're still labeled and looked at as that criminal that did that crime and and he he just got out off the hair of his chinny chin chin type stuff. He really did it, you know. This is the stigma that attaches to people, whether you did the crime or not. But those who did the crime and we have been redeemed and overcome our weaknesses and whatnot, they still hold that against us, obviously. This is why they have what is called felon-friendly jobs, which is not true. That's another subject. But this is why they have these things in place, because they know that there is a stigma that attaches to us. So if they know that a stigma attaches to us, then we should be compensated for all of our losses as a result of that stigma that the government that the government implemented and attached to anyone who is uh, arrested, found guilty, or exonerated after the fact of a crime. We need to be compensated because we're we losing jobs. We can't get a job anywhere. We're losing housing. So now we have a lot of people go homeless or they have to live with the relatives. And if the relative has a criminal record and I'm on parole, then I, I can't do that. There's so many things that come along with the laws that are in place right now. So when you look at places who have uh, changed the penal codes and changed the language in penal codes, man, I applaud them, man, because it takes guts. It takes guts to go against the grain of what other people are doing <laughs> and going against the grain for the right reason. Amen. No question. And, and and that's in every facet. I mean, that's that's included in the in the discussion that, um, you know, t tonight's discussion that I share with you that for the listener, 
uh, will be coming out here shortly. But for those that don't know, you know, here at Coming Home Coalition, I run, you know, I have my office and, and, and I make my space available to other organizations that are in need of space to do what it is that they do. And, and in particular, there's, a, there's an organization called Lips of Florida, Lips Florida, that utilizes this space. And these are women, trans women, and uh, they, they deal with uh, sex abuse and things of that nature. Um, uh, the founder's a, a great human being. Um, her and I have, have clicked pretty well. Uh, again, an, ex, an ex-convict herself and dealing with that, and that in itself is, is a lot. You know, I got a call, not, not to go off topic, but I got a call from a trans out in California the other day. Matter of fact, it was last Friday. They're supposed to call me um, tomorrow. So this is another story, man, with, with uh, trans being in prison. And this individual uh, contacted me and was like, man, listen, I need to get this story out about what's going on in this prison over here, you know, about how they treat us, cha- our, us trans. I guess something to the effect that Gavin Newsom passed a law that trans now have to be housed in, in women facilities, maybe. Again, this is all unfamiliar territory, from, you know, so forgive me, listener, if I'm misquoting. Okay, you're going out in it. But um, so they have this individual there, and this individual contacted me and said now they have her under investigation because they're trying to spread a rumor that she impregnated one of the females on the pound, and uh, it ha- you know, she had a baby, and I guess uh, this individual supposedly kicked the baby out, aborted the baby by kicking it out, and then they buried it on the yard. Um, just a, 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 a crazy story, but they even so much as had officers out there on the yard digging up, you know, like, like there was an actually actual baby buried out on the yard somewhere. And it's all to cover up the fact of all yeah. of the sexual abuse going on inside of the prison. I asked this person specifically, you know, how much, how much interaction between the guards and the females on the compound is there like how much sex is really going on between the females and the guards and she said at least 95% of the compound is having sex with these guards it's like it's just like a, a sex for all these guards are bringing in lashes and hair victoria's secret lingerie for these girls all kinds of stuff so wow this, these are the things. And when we're talking about the trans world in prison, I've, I've seen this myself, how they treat these human beings. They don't know what to do with them. You know, they don't know what to do with them. But going back to this topic here, right, D.C.'s criminal code. The fear. Go ahead. No, I, I was just in my mind, I was just thinking about how courageous they had to be to, you know, to change those codes, which means that certain certain crimes that certain things that were once a crime yesterday is not a crime today. Right. And and there's a lot of people who are who are going to benefit, especially when they talked about the paraphernalia, because you know how many people in jail because they had drug paraphernalia, how many tickets been written because of drug paraphernalia? 
when they know they have a drug issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, you're absolutely correct, man. And people, Americans, understand, right? We, <laughs> chaos brings change, right? We know it'll be chaotic. And there will be ignorant people out there that will take advantage of a situation. That's going to happen in any circumstance in life, no matter it's with this code or not. But you have to understand, we have been trying this penal thing for the last 40 years, right? We've been knuckling down. We've been giving people life sentences. We've been killing people. We've been just rounding people up, right? Innocent or not, it has done nothing for the crime rate. It has done nothing but allow corporations to come in and profit off this. That is all yeah. that has happened, right? So we have to understand that there, are, there, there has to be a drastic change, right? We have to do something drastically. And if it goes back into uh, taking uh, each individual taking account for themselves, right? Yeah, so you're not as protected when you're out in public. Okay, start paying attention. Put down your phone when you're walking across the street. Pay attention to where you're right. at. You know what I mean? Pay attention to, to, to what you're doing. Stop wearing a $100,000 chain out in, in the, you know, to go to the store. You know, stop, stop rubbing it in the people's faces. Or, you know, start, start being somebody in your community that people know. Or, you know, it's just start being a better person. You know what I mean? It's just start being a better person. And I think that if we allowed everybody to feel like they had an opportunity to be somebody and make something of their lives, a lot of this crime would go away. Wow. That's real. That, that's for real right there, man. And we'll tell you something, man. What you just said really resonates because I always, when I was growing up, I, my mother being a drug addict, father being a drug addict and alcoholic, and so many of my aunts and uncles around me were drug addicts or alcoholics. And I always thought growing up that I didn't have, I only had two, two choices or three choices, death, prison, or sell drugs, or in the alternative, use drugs. And so... Neither one of those served to uh, provide me with a, 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 a great future. Neither one of those options. But I didn't know this at the time. So when you say that if you can inspire hope in somebody, you can open their eyes to a future that they never imagined existed. And that's what we strive to do with not just this podcast, but our everyday walk in life. We try to inspire hope in the people so people can see that, man, you don't have to sell drugs. You don't have to do get involved in criminal activity or use drugs. or You don't have to do a lot of this stuff. Just apply your, apply your God-given talent to whatever it is that you're talented at doing and, and, and have faith that it's going to work out right and put that and put your actions behind that faith, and it's going to work out right. You know, so that Amen. type of stuff really resonates with me even to this day, and I'm a motivational speaker, but I always am motivated by, uh, by things other people say that just touch me, man. Amen. And that's the spirit, man. That's, that's divinity. You know what I mean? 
as divinity. But the the I mean the heartbreaking thing for me, man, is this this eliminated mandatory mandatory minimums. It got rid of wow. it, it got rid of your statutory mandatory minimum sentences. And for those that don't understand what that is, I mean it, it's it can that can be used in so many con in, in so many different contexts, but. To, to give some of those, like I was under a mandatory minimum sentence. So even though that this was my first time ever getting caught with drugs or selling drugs, my mandatory minimum was 10 years to life. Thank you, Bill Clinton, right? So it, that means that as we spoke, I was gone. I was a figment of the imagination, right? Because I'm in prison for 10 years, the next decade, there's nothing that can get you under that 10 years unless you cooperate with the government and, and, and bootlick and all that stuff. Then they can get you under those 10 years. But other than that, you are gone for 10 years with the possibility of getting life. You can get anywhere within that range because of this statutory sentence, this, this mandatory minimum. Or what it does is it allows these three strike rules to come into place. I'm dealing, I got a guy, I got a call from a guy again out in California, heavy with that three strikes. The man got 60 years for throwing a rock through a window. Two 30-year wow. sentences stacked on top of one another because he fell within the three strikes. So uh, the, these are the things, right? We're, we're being resentenced for time that we've already done. And, and, it, and all of this falls under these mandatory and these statutory sentencings. So that that in itself is a heartbreak for me to see that again this is this is three steps back. Yeah. Yeah, I have a friend. He was on parole and he uh he owned a thrift store. So people would donate stuff to his thrift store. He would go pick up bags and stuff and you know take it to his thrift store stored it out, put it on the shelves or whatever he do. So somebody donated him a bag of stuff. Police pulled him over. He's on parole at the time. Police pull him over, go in his trunk, look through the bag, find a water gun. They gave him five years. A water gun. So when you remove mandatory minimums, Man, you changed the whole landscape of the criminal legal system. You remove mandatory minimums. That's what we're trying to do in Michigan right now. Mm -hmm. We are trying to, we're fighting against these mandatory minimums. In Michigan, it's called uh, troop and sensing. Troop and sensing is a mandatory minimum. That means that if you get 20 to 40, there is no getting out in 19 and a half or 19 and three quarters. You're doing 20 for sure. Every with, day of it. With the possibility of doing more, depending on how they feel about you after that 20 years. So we fighting in Michigan right now to get rid of mandatory minimums. That's why I say I applaud them for getting rid of that, because that opened the door and opened the opportunity for so many people that really want to come out here and do the right thing really want to come out here and better the community, get involved in community activism and help other people. That gives them the incentive to want to get involved. Yeah. And what, I mean, what, 
what happens to a man like after 20 years d you you're that experience you know what i mean so me i i did 13 years is my longest bid straight but i've accumulated probably roughly around 20 years in and out facilities all of that nature but for for you you did 30 damn near 30 flat right yeah so how does how does that time change an individual especially knowing that you were in there for something as petty as as what it was what can we expect this person to look like coming home if i i told you right now that for all of your good work man for all of your good work this is guaranteed and I'm going to give you $200,000 and you don't have to pay a penny back. You're going to get this money. All you have to do is continue doing this good, keep up this good work for the next six months or the next year. And I'm giving you $200,000. How hard are you going to work now? I'm bust my ass. See what I'm saying? Because you already putting in work. Now you like, man, they're going to pay me to do the work that I do for free. So that's how we feel when when we get some action by the government concerning changing the penal codes and changing the sentences and that type of thing. I'm talking about the incentive is monumental. The incentive, our behavioral change, we was already changing. We would already change our lives. And now they said, man, we're going to start releasing y'all now. Man, we was looking hard like, what? Oh, hell no. I'm about to do a few more push-ups now. And so I'm about to read a few more books. I'm about to stand a law library a little bit longer. All of these things came into play, and it was all real. It wasn't us doing it because of that. It was just an incentive for us to go harder. Like if you're working out and you start seeing results, you're going to go harder. That's how I felt, man. It was just, it was such a feeling, man, that I, you can't even put in word the emotion that came along with just knowing that your hard work is paying off. Mm. Kind of like when you first told me about the radio station opportunity, right? Some people may think it's small, mm. but people like us know how big that is, man. Because we know that we were just in prison a few years ago. You know what I'm saying? We just was looked at as the worst scoundrels of the earth. So to be given an opportunity to speak to people on a massive level. Come on, man. To just to be acknowledged, man. For this type of work, man. For this type of work. Man. For this type of work. You know what I mean? That's that's the key. That's the key to it. For this type of work. You know what this I mean? Type of- so it's 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 not man listen we're we're not we're not bootlicking we're not out here speaking in in the government's defense we're out here telling you what the government is doing to our communities and and like d just said to get recognized for that and and possibly even get a public access radio to give us a platform for that right but the name again 88.5 wmnf conscious community talk that's what this this radio station is so it's Hats off to them, man, and, and look forward to doing a lot with them. But that's absolutely correct, man. And, and 
Man, you said you said so many powerful things there, D, that it brought back some memories. Like when I first went into the feds back in 2005, the big talk at that time was the federal government bringing back parole, right? It was like all over in all the institutions because George Bush had already came out and said that if it makes it to his desk, he has no problem signing off on it. This was this was all the way up in the House, right, being voted on. It made it. We, we were, I mean, they were actually hiring probation officers, extra probation officers. They were putting memos up in the dorms about, you know, this, this new parole system and change and all of this stuff. And then the Speaker of the House at that time, I can't remember who it was. Who the hell was that at that time? Man, I need to look that up because I can't forget this dude's name. He's still up there. But he killed it. He killed it and took it. That he, he said that there was too many, too many other important issues going on in America at that time to speak about parole, and, and, and uh, he put it at. He said he wasn't going to hear it, and that killed that. But the point to what you said is while that was going on, the, the, the calmness, right, the, 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 um, uh, the camaraderie, the, the uh, ah, I, 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 like you say, it's so hard to explain the nature of, of, of what, what was going on inside the institution like everybody was calm everybody was joyous they were programming yep. you know what i mean they were they were there was no there was no fights no riots nothing like that you know what i mean people the the, the change but when that when that squash happened it it just killed a lot of hope within the system you know, and, and it just revolted back into it, into really what it is now in the federal system, and it's getting even worse. You know, and, and I don't understand how these individuals up in D.C., DeSantis, and these other individuals who think this tough-on-crime stuff works. But DeSantis is a prosecutor. Right. See, see, it's like this. It's like this here, man. People really on the outside people don't understand how hope how hope because hope is an incentive hmm. people hmm. don't really understand how hope can change a man's life and make a man say humble themselves and, and say i'm done with whatever lifestyle that I was living before that caused the harm of so many. I'm done with that. People don't understand how important hope is, man. I understand it. The reason why I understand how important hope is so much because I remember being hopeless. And I knew how I felt then. I didn't know it at the time, but I'm looking back in retrospect and looking at myself, how I used to walk, how I used to talk, how I used to act, I was hopeless. I can remember that feeling now. And now I see hope. Man, I'm joyful. I can't, I'm, I'm anxious to share it with somebody. Hmm. Because I know how I feel to be hopeless, man. That's the hope is, hope is the, the root, it's the seed. That's, that's what creates everything is hope. It, it, and, and that's you're exactly spot on as always my brother and, that, and that's that is what a lot of Americans don't understand is is what hope truly is 
right? And and hope is what gets us up in the morning, like you say. Hope for a better life. Hope for uh, I don't know a job escalation. Hope for a new car. Hope for love. Hope for that. Hope is what drives us, right? And this is this is again our message to the community is that listen, what what you're doing, government. What you're doing is stripping hope from the communities. And we're doing that as well. Again, this is my argument. This goes back to the TikTok that we had talked about where we're telling our kids, we're having grown conversations in front of our children about how there's a system in place that oppresses us, but then we turn around to our children and, and, and completely contradict what it is that we said. But when we're, when we're talking as adults about how this system uh, suppresses us and oppresses us we're stripping that hope from our children yeah that, that child has no hope because he's sitting there saying to himself like man i just heard you say that because of my skin color i'm gonna go to jail or i'm not gonna have yeah. no job so why am i even gonna try so i might as well try to 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 learn my hustle skills as fast as i can you know what I mean? And get in and get out, as Jay-Z say. And, and now all these, these popular rap artists are trying to tell our children, just get in and get out. What they don't realize is once you get in, there is no getting out. Ain't no getting out. There ain't no getting out. The, what you see in front of you right now are two individuals that got out, true enough. But look what we went through. This man went through 30 years. He sacrificed yeah. 30 years of his life to get out. And everything that I sacrificed in my life to get out, right? So this is getting out, getting in. It's it's like marriage, baby. You 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 can go get married in five minutes, but it'll take you two years to get that damn divorce, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. You can hop on a plane and be in Vegas in hours and be married in no time, but try divorcing her in that same amount of time, and I promise you, it don't happen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's beautiful, man. I'm, I'm, I'm tomorrow. We were just elated earlier today when we were talking about Washington, D.C., man. We was elated, man, because for so long, we we watched each state. We watched what they do in each state when it comes to laws and about the criminal justice system. We watch it. I mean, we really study this stuff and we have discussions on it. And we have bridges built in Washington, California, Florida, Georgia. We built bridges with people and organizations out in all of these states. So therefore, we always having kind of the inside scoop on stuff. And matter of fact, I may be going to a training in Georgia real soon. Yeah, I, may, I think real soon, like next month. Mm. Might be this month, I think. And, uh, so we always are elated when we hear that some organization or some people got a criminal justice win. We got to win, man. If you win, I win. Absolutely. And that's, that's a lot of what my platform is, these platform and, and Thursday Night Get Right is, is exposing these wins so that the community can also hear the positive side versus the negative side as well because we don't get that you know we don't get that i mean for example i just put a post out homeboy i don't know if you saw that but i just put a post out 
had no friggin' clue. No friggin' clue about this guy. His name is, uh... Give me one second. His name is... I just, I seen it. Bruce Clunder. Uh... Who? Bruce Clunder. You know who Bruce Clunder is? Uh, I seen the post, uh... But without the post. He had went to jail or something, right? Reverend Bruce Clunder was a Presbyterian minister and a civil rights activist that was born in Colorado. He died when he was run over by a bulldozer while protesting the construction of a segregated school in Cleveland, Ohio. Do you know how many people in Ohio have heard of this guy? Hardly any. This is an individual who was ran over by a bulldozer to stop segregation. And, and we don't hear about these things. So, again, it's understanding that media controls the narrative. And we cannot allow that to control our emotions, our thoughts, or even to decipher what's true or false. Because these days, media is not going to give you the truth. Right? So, we have to put these messages out. We have to get them out. So, for the individual, for the listener that's out there, please... Demetrius and I and so many others of us are so well connected, we're so informed, and we're so made available for you to contact to alleviate any kind of worry or fear when it comes to incarceration, crime, anything of that nature, because we do need changes. Change has to come. Change has to come, and Speaking of which, you know what I want to do, D? And I'm glad I thought of this. You know anybody that um that was a carjacker? Shoot, I was a carjacker. <laughs> was you a carjacker? Yeah, I, know, I know a few people. Yeah. Okay, so listen. This is what I want to do, man. I want to get a, get us an episode together um, and speak on carjacking, man. People, people who were into that, that was their M.O. Um, because I just want to get some pointers out to to the citizens as to maybe some red flags that they may be doing to call to bring awareness to themselves uh, for this for this instance and how citizens can maybe um, protect themselves from carjacking because especially in the DC area this is a very very big thing right like people are being ripped out of their cars so um, we'll, we'll do that on another show and 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 uh, and really kind of get into that, you know? I'm familiar. They just had a 75-year-old lady just get carjacked in her garage uh, a couple days yesterday. I saw that on the news down here where the people just walked into the garage. And, you know, I, I knew a, I had a homeboy back in the day that used to do that. And this was back in the 90s. But he used to rob bingo halls, right? He used to rob bingo halls, and he would wait for the bingo hall people. First, he would find out where the president of the bingo hall lived at. Find out where the person lived at, had everything planned out. Because, you know, when bingo halls closed, they have all, at least back then, they had all this access cash from, from the cash games yeah. that night. Then the president puts it in a suitcase and takes it home with them, distribute it, you know, in the bank in the morning or, or whatever. So he used to sit there and wait at the, at the president's house. And when they would come in and pull into the garage... As soon as they pull into the garage, because, you know, you pull in, you raise your garage door, you pull in, and then you hit your thing, and the garage door comes down. He would just run in the garage with them. The garage door would close with him in the garage, and by that, and then it's, it's too late. So, yeah. 
definitely want to get into these episodes again to just try to uh, protect our citizens so that they're more aware of what they're doing in society to maybe bring some of this to them if they're if they're given red flags or bringing awareness to themselves to be robbed or anything of that nature right i think that's a, i think that's a great idea man because they was just showing all of the incidents throughout the united states where this was that where this had been taking place i'm talking about people running up there i, I didn't do that type of carjacking it wasn't called carjacking when i used to i mean this was when i was 12 13 years old but you have guys they're going up in their garages the guy pulled the gun out on a 75-year-old lady. And when her husband seen it, he pointed the gun at him. Come on. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. How old were the people? The the uh the the the, the robbers. They they didn't even catch him. They didn't catch him. But they they sounded pretty young, man. The one guy who the one, two guys who tried to take the car from the person, they were definitely uh, young. You could hear it in their voice, and they didn't even get the car. They end up running off. Then you know what I just saw, man. Speaking of that, and then we gotta go. I gotta let you go because I know you you got things going on. But man, I just saw that Sean Kemp was involved in a drive-by shooting. What? Man, I'm telling. You, let me see. Let me look this up real quick, man, because I saw this on the news. To my Sean Kemp. Yeah, Sean Kemp. The supersonic Sean Kemp. Yeah. Is being Stop accused it. of being involved in a in a in a drive-by shooting, man. Wow. That's crazy. It's got to be true because the first thing that comes up is former NBA star Sean Kemp released without charges. After being detained in connection with a drive-by shooting incident. Wow. No charges will be filed at this time. This man's like 50-some years old, man. Like, what you doing, Sean? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Again, that's another topic about these sports. Oh, Saturday night. Saturday Night Live. I got an individual coming on. His name is Cliff... Uh, Panovichik. I have to get it the proper pronouncing and, and please forgive me for slaughtering it. But dog, he was a major league prospect. He was going into major league baseball, injured himself, fell out of sports, nothing there to take care of him. He had no education, didn't know what to do. He ended up getting into fraudulent uh sports signings. He was he was signing sports paraphernalia with you know fraudulent signatures made millions of dollars and ended up going to federal prison for six years on that but he's going to be on the show saturday night okay that's great <laughs> that's great that's gonna be a great conversation but man go do your thing man again i appreciate you for being here tonight coming through great conversation absolutely let me say this to the people that that's listening do not stop yourself from striving to succeed. Do not allow fear. Do not allow these naysayers. Do not allow anything to stand in the way of you achieving something constructive 
in your life, for your life. And if you can't do it for yourself, do it for somebody else. It's like when I used to read law books. Some law I studied, and it didn't apply to me at all. But I studied because I knew that it applied to somebody else. And maybe I may come across a person that don't understand law or can't read, can't write, can't comprehend. But I obtained this information so I could pass it along. So don't let nobody get in the way of you succeeding in life and you helping someone else succeed in life. Keep in mind that you will only accomplish what you will yourself to accomplish. And I'm giving a shout out again to Michigan Liberation Organization I work for, work with. I'm giving a shout out to Great Minds Project 5.0, my organization. I'm giving a shout out to Good Heart Youth, the Great Minds Project, which is my organization. I'm giving a shout out to Coming Home Coalition, uh, Coming Home Coalition, and I'm giving a shout out to Nation Outside and so many other organizations, these ground troops out here putting this work in. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for having me alongside you for the ride. Absolutely, man. Thank you for your words of wisdom. No question. On that note, um, absolutely. Walk in self. Don't let anything disturb your peace. Don't let anything disturb your peace, neither good nor bad. You know, that's that's one thing I'm learning now is not to allow good comments to influence me because I'm not doing this for good comments and, and I don't allow bad comments to influence me. So it's it's you don't let anything influence you other than self and your decisions and 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 your righteous path, you know, and, and just try to be as good as you can. The, the treasures are there. They're abundant. I promise you I'm in it. I'm, I'm receiving it because I'm choosing to just do the right thing. The best that I can doesn't mean that I'm right. Doesn't mean that I'm I'm good. It just means that I'm trying to be these things, you know. So, um, eliminate saying that you're good and just try being good. Figure out what good looks like. Your perception of good and just try to be the best at that. Start there. So, with that, brother, you stay safe. And we Absolutely. out, man. Make sure to visit everything that we dropped. And we love you, man. We love you guys. That's right. Peace, y'all. Peace. Stay safe.